Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. How does an economy that is more mindful and less mindless become a reality? Welcome to the Mindful Marketplace. I'm your host, Joel Skeen, and I'm happy to welcome you to the show where we ask experts, entrepreneurs, investors, and industry leaders for their perspectives on how all of us can, on every level, do our part to help create a more mindful marketplace. I'm really excited about today's conversation with a fellow radio host here on the bizradio.us network. Uh, Nathan Phillips has been um, running his show here for this past part of this year, and I've been really excited to get to talk to him because there's a lot of overlap between what I'm talking about and what he's talking about. And so if you like this show, you'll probably also like Nathan. So I'm really excited to dig into that conversation. But first, before we get to that, let's hit the balance sheet, our assets, liabilities, debts, and investments. So for assets, you know, a few weeks ago, I mentioned one of the greatest assets in my home community of Western North Carolina is the French Broad River. It's one of the biggest and oldest rivers in the world. And North Carolina water officials have declared 19 miles of the French Broad River in Buncombe County as officially impaired during some recent testing. Uh, so in Asheville, interest in the river as an economic forest and tourist destination has really never been higher since that report came out. That I talked about a few weeks back. Now, this, um, this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> this designation as impaired for 19 miles of it, it probably won't come as a surprise to a lot of folks that live in the area. Um, the northward flowing part of the river, um, it often has kind of a brown color. There's definitely a lot of sediment and other pollutants running through it through the waterway, and the French Broad's new grade will actually trigger some action aimed at aiding the river's quality. So some people are actually calling this good news because it will unlock money for cleanup. It might also serve to bring broader public attention to the work it takes to protect our river, uh, work that brought the French broad back from the brink once before. And the report states that we're at a critical point in the history of the French broad, and now it's time to take comp- to comprehensively address the challenges we face. Liabilities. One of the liabilities they talk about a lot is monopolies. Monopolies dominate our marketplace, and they may be the most big, the biggest liability to a more mindful one. Of course, tech is no different. And, but there was a win in the liability column recently. The big news in the antitrust world is that the FTC, led uh, by Chair Lena Khan, filed a suit to stop Facebook, or now being called Meta, from buying virtual reality app maker named Within. So in October of last year, Facebook changed its name to Meta, signaling that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't really see much more growth in the social networking space. So he's seeking a new set of markets to dominate, which he calls the metaverse. Uh, uh, That's a term that he borrowed from science fiction. The VR space is already becoming dominated by Meta, but they will soon likely face competition. Apple may enter the VR reality headset market, but for right now, Meta is the king. 
And Zuckerberg is rapidly trying to tip the market in his favor by rolling up much of the ecosystem. The FTC is making claims that this acquisition is illegal by saying that this merger is eliminating potential competition. This argument about eliminating potential competition in this space is something we haven't really seen for decades. This particular merger challenges matters for a number of reasons, most obviously because it's the first merger challenge to a big tech firm, at least since Microsoft back in 1995. The FTC is attempting to expand the bounds of antitrust law in a way that opens more space for enforcers. This is also a newer technology space, which means that the FTC is trying to get ahead of the problem in new markets rather than wait for monopolies to develop and then try to deal with it after the fact. Uh, the merger is part of a historic revival of antitrust and competition policy, and that resurrection is finally beginning to have impacts on market participants. All right, next is debts. I'm moving all the way over to China for this one. So China, Africa's largest bilateral lender, waived debt. So another good news in, uh, in the good news column here, waived debt owed by 17 countries in the continent for 23 interest-free loans that were due last year. The context of this latest relief enforces China's intention for Africa to consider the Asian power its preferred long-term development partner, especially in the face of various forms of hegemonic and bullying practices, um, according to China's foreign minister. Um, when it comes to debt, a lot of Americans are in debt. And if you are, um, I know that's a, you know, many of you know, that's a pet issue of mine. If you want more information on how to eliminate your debt faster without spending any additional money, go check out mindfulmarketplaceshow.com and click on the link that says eliminate debt. Lastly, investments. I want to talk a little bit about uh, ESG, uh, or also known sometimes as impact investing. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has actually banned the state pensions funds from considering um, ESG, also known as environmental, social, and government standard investing. So Ron DeSantis has banned that from the state pension funds. Um, it's kind of ESG, when you think about it, it's kind of the least amount you can do when it comes to values-based investing. It doesn't invest your money locally or necessarily into positive businesses, but it does at least keep them away from some of the worst actors. And DeSantis, who has frequently blasted businesses for engaging in, quote, woke politics, is chairman of Florida's three-member state board of administration and has personally backed a resolution imposing a ban that was passed uh, recently. The resolution directs fund managers instead to invest state resources in the way that, quote, prioritizes the highest return on investment. Uh, this is without considering what DeSantis, DeSantis describes as an ideological agenda of ESG guidelines. All right, that's the balance sheet. Now I'm excited again to get to introduce to you, uh, the listeners of the Mindful Marketplace the host of the uh, the host of the Nathan Phillips show also here on bizradio.us Nathan good to have you on the show my man thanks for being here hey good to be here i appreciate you having me yeah so um you know you and i have had a long conversation and man there's so much we could talk about honestly it's going to be hard to determine you know what we should <laughs> what we should narrow it down to but i guess first t tell us a little bit about kind of your background and you know where you come from and how you got started with your own show here on bizradio us yeah, uh, originally born and raised in the Midwest and uh, have had the, the privilege of living in four countries and three continents uh, between here and there uh, and started a radio show. Um, 
earlier this year, I was working at a Web3 uh, barter network, and we were building a few pilot projects uh, in the US. And through that process, I got to learn a lot about um, uh, decentralization, uh, financial sovereignty, uh, blockchain technology, of course, uh, then also mutual credit and mutualism and kind of how those systems uh, were intersecting in our project that we we're working on and um, started the show to share stories about how uh, we we're bringing real world value with cryptocurrency to to business owners and and smaller cities across the U.S. And uh, that journey has led to now in my show uh, really focused on how we move forward in what I call the post-trust world. Uh, we all you know, are aware that we're in a post-truth, but once truth goes out the window, um, how do you know what to trust and how do you learn how to navigate uh, through this? So I'm really exploring um, ideas of decentralization, mutualism, community building, uh, and also impact investing um, on there, just trying to learn again how to how to navigate through 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 these times and when it seems not quite sure who to believe and, and, and who you can trust in. Yeah, so you, you, you called it a post-trust world. You know, and I, I think for me, when I think about a post-trust world, what I often think about is kind of what I put in that liabilities column is the monopolies, is the um, kind of the push ever to dominate markets rather than to have good competition between people. Um, and like you said, to really, you know, the where, where the only focus is really how can we maximize the most capital and there's really not any concern for the people involved, whether it's the people who live in the communities or the natural resources or the workers. But I guess, I don't know, t talk to me a little bit about like what you see as the biggest components of moving forward in this post-trust world. Um, yeah, and I, I was um, really, I guess, saddened would be the word to hear uh, about DeSantis in Florida, uh, limiting uh, funds for impact investing. Um, you know, and he said to, I think you, you quoted him was they had to put money to where they get the highest return. Um, and that's strictly speaking in financial terms, um, the highest return is what he's speaking to there. But really um, looking at the environmental um, return from investing, from business activity, looking at the social return, um, even the broader economic return um, in, a, in a community, um, in an area is is return on investment as well. And that's that's what, um, what I've really enjoyed learning about impact investing and exploring that further, you know, taking that triple bottom line for a business um, for, for all activity at all times, because there is cost always associated um, and going purely for the highest uh, profit or the highest, you know, uh, financial return um, puts a lot of cost on people who, who, you know, uh, necessarily shouldn't be bearing that cost or, you know, even agreeing to it in the first place. And kind of like what you pointed out with monopolies, just seeking maximization of profits, um, and shifting the cost, the economic and social cost, uh, the the byproducts of their activity, shifting that onto either the public or or others, and creating an unfair uh, marketplace and you know sometimes an unfair world to live in. Um, so for me, where I'm really uh, focusing on, I guess, and how to where my mind is and in, in navigating a post trust world is really focusing on the local level. Um, community building is a big part of that, but learning to uh, I guess, well, one example would be like buying food from uh, Mother Earth Food, um, who sources from local farms and local yeah, we manufacturers. Just had a, we just had a Simca on here um, a, a few episodes back from oh, Mother Earth. Yeah, Awesome. Yeah, great organization. And that that buying from them 
uh, it has much lower environmental and social costs than like buying a uh, tomato that gets shipped from Chile and and all the the oil that has to go into that and the, the packaging and the and the plastic and you know and the money that then leaves the community here. So for me, it's really community focused um, as far as navigating this post trust world because the you know, I, was, I was raised uh, in the Midwest and um, you know learned was taught to to trust the government, trust the big companies. You know they they have they're taking care of us. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're concerned, um, you know, they have our well-being in mind, so to speak. And, uh, I think that, um, that, that belief has been solidly shook out of my system by now. So <laughs> working with neighbors, working with local community, uh, building with what's around us. Um, and, you know, with, with keeping all those full costs in mind is, is, is where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, you mentioned being from the Midwest. I also too, I'm originally from Michigan and, you know, saw, how reliant everyone was on one industry, the auto industry. And there's still some of it there, but you know, the vast majority of it, as soon as it was cheaper, they, they didn't really care too much about the communities that had helped them build their empire. They went ahead and, you know, shipped the labor across to, you know, either to Asia or to Mexico or wherever it might be. Cause it does feel like you, you, you mentioned this, this phrase triple bottom line. And I'd like to maybe kind of let you explain that a little bit because in current systems, like you said, if it's all, if there's really only one measure of success, and that's the highest rate of return with money in the short term, we should add, because it's not always necessarily in the long term, but it's a short term high return on money. But you mentioned also a social return and an economic return. And, you know, is, is that what you mean by triple bottom line? I want to, you know, for, for people who don't know that that term, I think that's a really good starting place. Okay. Uh, yeah, the triple bottom line says, um, you know, in, instead of just profits, which is what we think of the bottom line when it comes to business, instead of just profits, uh, also consider people and the planet. Um, be profitable in all three of those areas um, as a business and then, I, you know, as a consumer as well. Um, we, we can think along those lines and think about what is the cost of buying a tomato from a local farm versus buying one that gets shipped in from Argentina or Chile, not just the cost that maybe it is cheaper, you know, thanks to uh, modern logistics and technology, maybe it is cheaper to buy that tomato from Chile uh, at Walmart. Um, but the, the full cost that is being borne because of, again, just the shipping cost um, due to the carbon footprint, um, the social cost that is taking money out of our community away from our local farming industry. And, you know, compare that, of course, to the one bought from a local farmer, the uh, carbon footprint is much lower. You're investing in the people that are around you, um, and you're building relationships and connections with, with you know your your local ecosystem. So the triple bottom line is um, yes, and then I guess from a business perspective, being profitable, of course, because that's how you continue. That's that's necessary uh, in financial terms, but uh, also concern the people in the planet with all the actions and you know whether it's goods you make or services you provide. Yeah. You know, you, you've covered a lot of different sort of, you mentioned alternative ways to, um, alternative ways to do business and alternative ways to do an economy. But I, you know, I also want to know, like you mentioned, you mentioned localism a few times now, and that's, that's huge for us here. What is it, you know, what are you most focused on in your local community right now? Yeah, really seeing, um, and just looking at it from, from that perspective that I just shared of, of what I buy and, um, what I do, you know, trying to, to keep money within a local community. I think it's, um, 
25 cents of every dollar spent at a blockchain, 25 more cents of every dollar spent at a, a big block, big box business um, gets sent out of the community versus shopping in a local business. And that results in um, a, a myriad of um, key factors in a community. Um, it hurts local business, which then in turn hurts advertising at local newspapers, which then in turn hurts uh, accountability for local government. Um, if there's no local reporters doing investigatory work because the local businesses can't afford to, to do the advertising dollars that, that pay their salaries. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of trickle down a negative trickle down effects um, from, you know, shopping at, at places and sending money elsewhere outside of the community. So for me, just in terms of like where I spend my money and, and, you know, do my business is really trying to emphasize the local aspect. Yes, sometimes there is a greater financial cost to it up front, um, but considering the full cost of it, of what I'm investing in, you know, we always say we vote with our dollars. Um, maybe that's just the simplest, cleanest way of, of uh, putting what I'm trying mm-hmm. to describe here. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I mean, and in addition to keeping money local is, you know, when you spend your money at a local business, whether it's a food business or it's a retailer or it's a manufacturer, whatever it might be, you're not only keeping your money local, but you're really creating resiliency for your community. You know, we see what's going on in the stock market right now. We see how dependent so many people are on these large monopolistic, um, you know, economic forces. And when you're relying on them, you know, if, if, if they're doing good, you're doing good. But if they're not doing good, you know, it's not good for you either. And the communities that have strong supply chains of supplying things with local um, food, local goods, usually are much more resilient to those changing, to those economic downturns because they don't, they're not as reliant on them. And I think that's a lot of this is like creating, creating um, interdependence locally. I, I think, you know, when you talk about living in a post-trust world, I don't know if it can really happen if we use the same model of being dependent on these large firms, I, I think it's really comes back to creating not, not an independence is not the right word, but in, like I said, an interdependence between community members um, where, where we are supporting each other and there's kind of a solidarity there. Um, and there's in that community, you can't really do that on some, some things just aren't meant to scale, you know, and I, you mentioned food a bunch of times. I think food is one of those that's better when it's not scaled. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Reliance is, um, yeah, a, a huge part of it. Absolutely. And um, the interdependence of learning how to rely on each other for the things that we need uh, is not just um, a nice thing to do, I guess, like shopping locally. Um, you know, often the the, the buy local um, type campaigns kind of have this like warm, fuzzy, feel good factor to it. And they're, 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 they, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, but it, it buying local and staying local really also then creates new opportunities for us to build together. Um, and then if you contrast that with, you know, again, shopping at a big box store, big chain stores, um, it starts to silo people out, um, from their community and away from each other. I mean, you can live in, you know, any, any decent sized city in America and get everything that you need probably delivered to your door or from big box stores and never really have to interact with your local community. But that, um, that, that loss of relationship is what is, there's no trust, I guess there's no relationship and losing those opportunities to build relationships with people um, is losing opportunities to build trust between each other and work together. You know, we can trust that Walmart's going to have the products that I need. 
um, so to speak, until you know global supply chain issues kick in, and then then I'm kind of like wandering around like in my local community. I don't have those relationships. I don't know where to turn or where where I can go to get the things that I need. And so taking that approach uh, from the beginning, um, working yeah. locally starts to build those relationships, builds trust, and then you you know just learn how to work together and create new opportunities. Um, for each other and with each other. And really that's, I think that that connective tissue right there is, is kind of the fiber of community and what builds up that resilience and, and interdependence. Yeah. Cause without that, without those relationships, without those connections, when it's all just about the short-term return for stockholders and business isn't done in a way that's about actually uh, is actually an exchange of true value but it's, 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 you know, they, they're going to do it as cheap as you can, as they can, and you're going to do it as cheap as you can. And when you work for someone, they're going to pay you as little as they can just to keep you from quitting. And you're going to work just hard enough to to keep them from firing you. You know, it it seems to me at least, and you know, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this, that it's, it really maximizes alienation in the way that we've done things with, you know, these monopolies, big boxes, big box stores, as you were talking about, because, you know, there was a time in, in our lives where, um, you know, people either lived in a, in a small town like I did. I grew up in a town of 600 or they grew up on a city block where they either knew everyone in their small town or they knew everyone on their block. Nowadays, you know, you drive home, you open up your, 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 your garage with your garage opener. Probably you probably don't even I know most of us don't even really know all of our neighbors. Um, and. So I think that what you're talking about here and what you're promoting on your show as far as resilience, that building community with our economies, the alternative ways that we can do that is just a really, really important discussion. Um, and I, you know, is there anything you'd like to add to that um, kind of as we, as we wrap it up here? Um, I mean, you identified my childhood perfectly. <laughs> we do a small town of, I think, 1,200 people. We do... Uh, person who ran the grocery store, we knew Bud from the gas station, you know, you, everybody knew everybody. And uh, y'all shopped at each other's stores and supported each other. Um, and the convenience factor of big chains, um, you know, especially like Amazon and such, just that convenience factor really does enable us to go into silos. And I think, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a harmful effect. So, uh, yeah, I would love to talk more. I'll have to get you on my show um, and dig a little bit more into these. I appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely, man. We're really glad to have you. I know obviously people can find your show if they go to bizradio.us um, and and find you there. But how else can people get a hold of you? Are you uh, where on social or um, where your website where people can find you to plug in more to what you're what you're doing and what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm working on my website right now. So probably the best way would be LinkedIn. Uh, Nathan Phillips on LinkedIn, or you can find me on Twitter as well at awesome. Nathan B Phillips, Nathan Phillips, Nathan B Phillips on Twitter. If I was on Twitter, I'd follow you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming on and thank you for listening. As always, you can listen to this show as well as Nathan's show and several other really great hosts on bizradio.us. You can also go directly to mindfulmarketplaceshow.com as well. Um, Thanks for listening. Nathan, thanks for coming on. Everyone, take care of yourselves and take care of somebody else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.